podcast. I really hope you like it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of my show, The Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it's going to be a fun one today. Are you ready? I hope you're ready. If you're not ready, take a second to get ready. I'll wait. All right, now you're ready, right? My guest today is a fair trade recording artist, one of the funniest dudes, but also one of the most talented dudes. He and I have become friends over the last few years through, as you might imagine, the common interests of songwriting. He has been to the Storyhouse multiple times. He was a guest on West Friends Fest, and we had a blast together. We always have a blast together, and we're about to have a blast together on this show, and you get to hang with us. So without further ado, let's go to the Storyhouse with the amazingly talented recording artist extraordinaire, Micah Tyler. Micah Tyler, welcome to the story house hey it's good to be here i want to set the stage for what context like where people are about to hear this conversation from i'm actually so tired i can't even phrase the (laughs) what i'm trying to say because okay so what i'm trying to say is we have just finished an, an epic day of songwriting epic day and by epic i mean long long my nose is itching. The minute we started recording the podcast, my nose started That's itching. That's a good sign. Old Wives Tale says it's going to be a good podcast. Is that what it yeah, says? Yeah, Old Wives say if your nose itches, it's a good podcast. Confucius? Yeah, Confucius and Old Wives. It's very similar. Oh, and the Old Wives? The Old Wives Tales, Confucius says. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty long-stated thing. So Okay, I'm glad to know that because it's itching so bad that my eyes are watering now. We've had an epic day of songwriting Tell the people how many songs we wrote today. Okay, everybody hold on. Hold Hold on on. to your hats, your seats. (laughs) Your itchy nose. Today, we basically almost got two songs done. Almost? We kind of got two. You just said kind of, which is another word for... No, hey, we... But here's the deal. Two really great songs. uh, Hey, you know what? And we can say they're great because we've yet to play them for anybody and nobody's been able to we crush our dreams them. yet. Everyone who's heard it so far <laughs> is really in on it. Don't you love that part of the process? I know the answer to the question because like we're high-fiving today and yeah. our buddy Jeff Pardo was with us and yeah. you know it's just that energy of when a song's being born you know that that beginning stages but right? it is really funny though that like this is our job because like my dad works at a paper mill he's worked at a paper mill for 40 years now yeah. and if my dad was like ah oh, crushed it today i made two sheets of paper <laughs> would, that is, is that is that like, does it translate is at that the, end the, of the, defi- the definition of a good day in the paper mill world? No, no no i'm just saying like we wrote two songs today oh. and so like we, what we have to show for it is yeah. seven minutes maybe worth of content that we poured really well, poured a full day's work into all the heart and soul, but it's just funny that our job at the end of the day, yeah. we have two things to show for it. And like any other job, that feels like bad productivity, but we we really went for it today. Yeah, because, well, great. I go by words more than songs. Sure. We, we wrote a lot of words. Oh, and we, we erased <laughs> a lot of them, too. We like a lot of words. And the thing is, too, now that you've just told me, I kind of feel bad knowing now that your dad works at a paper mill because... We typed into our computers We're all, all day. Digital today. We need to support his cause. Yeah, 
Yeah, shout out to West Vaco, West Rock Paper Mill in Evadale, Texas. Evadale, Texas. Evadale. Now, yep. is this the birthplace of Micah Tyler? No, or? I live in Buena, Texas. Evadale. Where were you nine born? Miles away. I was Buena, Texas. I've never lived outside of seven seven six one two in my entire life. That's the zip code. That's the zip code. Awesome. Buena, I thought Texas. you were going to give us your social security number. Yeah, no, just get a pen and paper, or you can do it digitally. I don't care. We've I already... was thinking Beaumont, Texas. I know Beaumont, but yeah. where's Buna? Buna is thirty miles north of Beaumont. So Buna, Beaumont is the big city. That's where you take girls on a date. That's where my prom was at. All right, that's like that's the big city. Buna is the unincorporated township, thirty miles north of Beaumont, and it's almost Louisiana. Like we're like fifteen, twenty miles from the border of Louisiana. And yeah, 1,700 people strong, home of the Buna Fighting Wait, Cougars. 1,700 people in the whole town? In the town, yeah, last census. You better have been valedictorian. Oh, <laughs> I, I married her. You did? <laughs> My wife was a valedictorian, that's right. Your, your boy was, I was an honor graduate, but I was about 18th down there. Really? Yeah. Out which of is, how many, 19? Yeah, out of 25. No, we had 127 in the graduating class. Man, the town's the gotten a little smaller. not adding up to me. No, nah, the, the, the class has gotten a little smaller since I got out of school, but yeah, it's a... It's a uh, okay, so describe, like, did, were you high, high school sweethearts? Uh, started dating our senior year of high school. And your wife's name? Casey. All right, so did you take her to prom and everything? I did. Singer prom, took her to prom. And you she went was, to Beaumont for like a fancy dinner? She was my valentine. Oh, yeah, no. We, well, yeah, because our prom was at the Holodome. It was the Holiday Inn. Nice. It's like there's this like, like little- In Buna or in Beaumont? In Beaumont. Oh, no, no. We couldn't host it in Buna. Oh, so have, you couldn't have even have prom in the town where- No, it wasn't they do the, now because they built a new gym. Shout out to the new gym. But, okay. Yeah, we, but we would go to the Holiday Inn and go to the prom. Like it Wait, was a, does the Holiday Inn in Beaumont have like a miniature golf- uh, thing inside you've, it. You've played there before. I thought so. In that room. That's where. That's. But it was decorated like Paris. Yeah. It Whenever, looked, for my for my prom. It was. It was a lot less romantic than uh, than when we went because I played the same event. And it smelled like chlorine because it's like the indoor a, pool, that holodome. Yeah. Man, and, when I was a kid, I used to think like the holodome was like the coolest oh, just, thing. But okay, so my favorite thing was you played that event and I played it the next year. And when I went, to, they gave me a hotel room, which is. It's just a place for me to hang yeah. because I live inside 30 miles the away inside the holodome. So I go to go check in and they look for my name. They don't have it. And the event had booked the room under Matthew West. For a second year in <laughs> a row? For a second year in a row. Wishful thinking, I guess. So I huh? just stole your identity for a night. <laughs> just, I wouldn't hang out in your hotel That's room. funny that you and I have both stayed at the same holodome That's in it. Beaumont, Texas. So do you remember where you took your girl for dinner? That like Was oh, it like uh, we Walker to, Hayes, fancy like we, Applebee's? No, nah, we, we went to Carrabba's. Oh uh, no! Listen, no stone left unturned on prom night. That's we high really, We really went for it. Had some flowers, the whole thing, and so we've been married for seventeen <laughs> years now. You have, yeah. You're too young to be married. Seventeen. Well, uh, years. we we were too young to get married. Oh then. really? Yeah. So we were we were twenty. So like, I I tell people all the time, it's like we just could not wait any longer to be poor. We loved each other oh, too much. Okay, I'm glad that's what you <laughs> said. So, I thought you were going to say no. we couldn't wait any longer. To, <laughs> you know what? To consummate. The- <laughs> I, listen, hey, you can take it however you want to, but no, you we, couldn't wait any longer to be poor. to be poor. We we wanted to be we wanted to be poor and in love so bad that you we got married that. at twenty years old. Yeah, that's Sorry. funny because we kind of wrote a little bit like without even knowing that part of your story, we kind of wrote a little bit about that Oh, it was coming today. on us for me today. Yeah. No, we were we were married, and we actually, so by the time I was 25, married with two kids. Like, we we started, wow. like we went for it early. Yeah. And how many kids do you have now? Three. Have three. So our, our, wow. our, our youngest is uh, seven. He'll be eight next month. And then we've got a 15-year-old boy, 13-year-old girl. You got a cute-looking family, man. Hey, they're, I, they're sweet kids. Everybody that follows you on Instagram would agree. And you just bought, I don't know why you did this to your life, but you brought a an animal Look, into you, the... you have a hairy friend inside of your house as well. Yeah, I also have a dog. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. No, uh, yeah, but I don't know that I would... Wait, did you bring two animals no, in No, we house? just had... Well, okay, so 
rest in peace to the first animal. We had a, a, a guinea pig named Coleslaw. <laughs> Coleslaw was our first. He was our trial pet um, because I was told by the people at Pet Store. And listen. Guinea they, pigs, are they kind of gross? No. Well, okay, here's the, Guinea pigs are some of the cutest, strangest animals in the world. But we had one like, for three years. They're like a rat, aren't no, they? No, no. Listen, this is how they sold it to me at PetSmart, which is the reason we got one. They said it's like having a puppy forever. They're you just mean it these, lives forever? They just stays like a puppy. It's just this little Oh, I thought tiny... you were saying like a life expectancy. No, no, no. It, You're it, saying it just no, stays tiny. No, he lasted three years. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's was, a little longer than a goldfish. We had a good ride. It was really great. And so, uh, no, but we had coleslaw, and he was awesome. But, like, Kid, they need hay. They have hay like a little cow. They have to eat they hay eat to hay. keep their digestive system going through. So they eat hay. They have food. They have some kind of a chew toy, and they have water. So it's a little high maintenance. And anyways. so do you mind me asking, like, what... Ultimately led to coleslaw's demise. <laughs> well, uh, it, it just he lived a good life. I'm not laughing. He I'm sad hard. inside. No, no, he he lived a good life. We just found him one day, and he was gone. So we, we <laughs> wait, to, wait, no, he was gone. Like he disappeared. No, no, he was. He was. His spirit was no longer with us. So was coleslaw like when a guinea pig goes home yeah. to be with the Lord? Right. Is it like? Did you go up to the cage and he's laying on his back? Okay, here's the deal. So let me set the scene. So I'm playing an event 20 miles. I never play events close to close to the house. I'm always traveling, but this is during COVID. So there's a little event yeah. I was doing like 20 miles. You didn't want to be far from Coleslaw right. anyone. Right, I had to be time. close. We had no idea that he was even like struggling. But like <laughs> I, the night before, my wife, I wasn't there. My wife said that he was just like kind of a little lethargic, whatever. So the next day I go to the event and I get a call and she says, hey, Coleslaw's gone. And I was like, where'd he go? She said, to be with to be, to be with... with the maker, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where guinea pigs go. And so I was kind of like, oh, no. I said, if you told them, she goes, well, the big kids know, but Seth doesn't know. And it's, Seth it's is Seth, your little Seth, one? Seth the little one. And he loves this guy. <laughs> he loves coleslaw. And so she said that she just walked in there, and he's just laying on his side in the cage. And like she thought he was just sleeping. And then like he came back like an hour later, and he's in the exact same position. She goes, oh, no. Oh, no. So she touched him a little cold. Oh, he's, no. It's Cole setting Sla in. Coleslaw was cold. A cold. <laughs> He was cold sided. Slaw. Yeah, it was, it was rough. This is so sad. Well, I'm well, laughing. Well, guinea pig No, I know. Listen, so I, then I had to come home and we had to have the conversation. So here's what happens we sit down yeah. and we start talking. And I have to tell Seth, I was like, hey, look, just so you know, coleslaw's gone. Like we. He, and Seth he, is how old? He was six at the time. And so was this, I mean, this is kind of the first thing that Seth loved that. This is the first death in our family. Dang. Like this first, he, you know, first person he knew that's, that is that's now heavy. not with us anymore. So All right. He, so he, we, we start telling him and he, he gets teared up and then he just goes, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure he's gone. And then uh, I, he's crying and he's just being very sincere about it. He's trying to be talk, strong mm, about it. Yeah. The other kids are just getting teared up because he's getting teared up. Me and Casey are trying to hold it back. I'm okay at the time. Yeah. And I said, so why don't I do this? Why don't we wrap him in his favorite towel that he like to take baths with? Oh, and man. you can help me bury him in the backyard. And I go to walk out of the room and he goes, hey, can you just like run your finger up on the cage? Because that's what he would do every night. He would go run his finger on the cage and Coastal would run up and like. So he just praying. Oh, and then like, when he did that, my 15-year-old son just loses it. He starts like, laughing? The, no, no, no. Starts, starts oh, crying. Oh, the whole family is just. Because oh, he is just his sincere. He's like, maybe you just need to like run your finger up the yeah, cage. Yeah, like maybe it'll be like and a Lazarus come forth. Like we just, yeah, right. Exactly. Coastal. This is our last chance. I said, I'll, I'll do that. So we go, anyways, we, we had, <laughs> had, a, we had a little, I did, and yeah, well, he was gone. Oh, <laughs> so he didn't we, we, he did not wake oh, up. Yeah. So we, we had a, we had a funeral in the backyard, put a little tombstone down. Wow. It's just, you know, but that was kind of the whole thing. It was like, hey, if you do well with this, then we can get a puppy soon. So we just built a house. We moved in a week before the pandemic, <laughs> and the kids have been on it can, since then. So might I ask, so then did the pet store say, like you said, if you do well with coleslaw. Yeah. 
and coleslaw is no longer with us, but you still got a puppy. I, so did you feel like a three year run? I think is pretty admirable for a guinea pig. For a guinea pig, yes. Okay, good. So we're planning on keeping the the dog for longer. So than that. if people ever do like a tour of the stars in Buna, Texas, they can maybe see the home of. Micah Tyler, yeah. but also the, the resting side. place of Coleslaw <laughs> yeah. the guinea pig. Yeah. The Do you know, oh, it's funny. It's not funny, but our um, our dog passed. I promise we're going to talk about <laughs> something other than, <laughs> than household pets that have Who gone. Who knows? People, if, if you're still tuning in, <laughs> way to go. Hang in there. But um, so we had a dog named Earl the girl. Oh. And it was a little pug. I describe it like she was so ugly. She was cute. You know what I mean? 100%. Get I loved yeah. Earl the girl. So yeah. Earl was a girl. Okay. And long story, I won't get into that part of it, but we started finding Earl like just staring at a wall, right? And it turns out like Earl was going blind, bless her heart. Oh. So anyways, Earl had to be put down. Oh. And I thought, okay, as a dad, I'm going to try to be a good dad, just like you were with Coleslaw. Like I'm going to use this opportunity to like teach my daughters about you know, the preciousness of life yeah. and mortality. And, Make it you know, a lesson. It's teaching moment. Exactly. And so I felt like I knocked it out of the park. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here's what's going to happen. You know, when a dog gets sick uh, to a certain point, you know, they were, you know, the doctor puts the dog to sleep. We, we're going to say goodbye. Yeah. You know, dad's going to take. And it was, you know, it's really hard in all seriousness to have those conversations. Right. You're, like, you're exactly 100%. right. And everybody cried. It was sad, yeah. right? And then I took Earl and said final goodbyes, and it was up to Dad to do that. But I, in the end, as hard as it was, I felt like, as a parent, I felt like I nailed it. Yeah, You know what I mean? I'm like, I think my daughters really grew from this. They right. understood what was going on. No joke, like two days later, Delaney, my youngest daughter, has a friend come over to the house, and we forgot to prep the friend's mom, like, hey, don't ask about our dog. Kind yeah. of thing. Sure enough, the kid walks in the door and says, where's Earl, where's the girl? Earl? And without even skipping a beat, my daughter Delaney goes, oh, my daddy killed her. <laughs> that yeah. was the response. And and I was sure. mortified. I was like, Wait, what? What right. is, Of all the teaching I just gave you, yeah. what, what she equated, everything I said, the, the only thing she captured was Earl's alive. Dad's taking Earl to take care to of the her. doctor, and now Earl's not alive. Yeah. Daddy killed Yeah, her. you're the you're, you're I blew it, Doctor Doggy Kevorkian. That was was the, yeah, I mean, I've had a counselor tell me that every parent gives their child a reason to need counseling. Yeah. at some point in their life, and I'm pretty sure that the story of Earl the, Earl the girl is going to lead my kids. And you to were counseling. in counseling because of this experience. Yeah. Now everybody listening to this is going to go to counseling about coleslaw. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I, I would I would say precious years. With Coleslaw, we did birthday parties and stuff. Yeah. Like we had little birthday hats and like, and then I started trying to think of like, how do you decorate for a a guinea pig's birthday party? And everyone just goes, "Well, you decorate with guinea pigs." And I was like, "Like well, more that, real like, ones, like, like like pictures of guinea pigs on the wall." And all I could think of was, oh, "That's well, that, hilarious." That, well, that's not, but that's not a good party because I would not want to show up and people threw me a party, and there were just pictures of, of people I don't know, yeah, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Like we just decorate your party in human beings. <laughs> like that's a weird, that's a weird party to show up to. Like so, we're like, let's just go with like a color. But your family seems just fun like i mean you and your i mean the way you are with your kiddos like i can tell you guys have some fun together we, we it, it the 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 pandemic as as much as we prayed every single day for for it to end and and like for for the quarantining to right. shut down all that kind of stuff we really did like you know ask jesus also like man as long as we get to be a family like let us not waste time 
that that we could be spending either hanging out and yeah. doing something productive or having a Nerf war or playing hide and go seek in the dark or we played more board games, ate more meals at the table and cooked yeah. together and like hung out together. So it was, and being inside the new house was super fun too because we kind of got to- You had moved into a new house. We had just moved in a week before the pandemic. No started. Way. I was on tour with 10th Avenue North. Right before the, you built it, right? We built it, yeah. So and you so built we had it just, just before the lumber prices one night. <laughs> skyrocketed. Listen, don't think that wasn't lost on us. Right. We literally moved into the house and a week later, I got sent home from the tour. It's crazy. And so, and so, but it was a, a huge blessing that we weren't trying yeah. to find sheetrock and lumber in the middle of all the craziness that's going on and stuff. And but. I think it is one thing that's unique to maybe our professions is that n- nobody would ever say that the last 18 months has been easy for anyone, you yeah. know, and we would never make light of it when we talk about. But I think it is, you know, it's God's mercy on us that he helps us see the bright sides, you know, even when clouds are over us, right? For so sure. so for us, we would say, man, it was like we felt like we had time restored with yeah. our families that is normally finding us, you know, in places other than home, you know, so you got to settle into that home, you got to spend time with your family because normally how many shows do you do in a year? I typically travel between 150 to 200 days a year. Like man. I'm out of the house for that cuz especially with me living in Texas, like for a week, like this week, I'm riding all week. You come long. to Na- so I'm yeah. coming to Nashville to so ride. So instead of me being able, like you're going to ride and then you're going to go home tonight because you live here, I got to come to town to do that. So I try to do like you know a, a riding trip every quarter and stuff. So that's four weeks out of the year that I'm kind of down here doing things. But most to- artists come to Nashville and move to Nashville. What was behind your decision? You know, when you got a record deal, did you ever think about just moving to Nashville or was it just like, no, I love this town of 1700. I'm never leaving. Well, you know, it was a mixture of things. So I did just receive an award from the town of Buna a month ago. I haven't even talked about this yet. You got an award? They gave me an award. What what is it? I'm like Buna's favorite son. You're Buna's. Well, you can't leave now. <laughs> They've only given like like three of these awards away in the last fifty years, and they and I was gone. So there's I was three favorite there. sons. There's been three favorite sons over the last few years. Wait, wait. So they give you the award, but they don't call to say, "Hey, we want to give it to you." When no, you're no, in they town. called me, but they but it was a chamber of commerce dinner, and they already had. They're giving away some other like civic awards, but they had this favorite son of Buna award they're going to give away as Ladies well. And, and gentlemen, so, guys, this I, th- I didn't want to throw that at the very beginning. I wanted to ease into well, that because I don't want you to be nervous. nervous. I just started I getting nervous. I don't want you to be nervous. I listen. I'm just like you. It's kind of like being the mayor, though, because we don't have a mayor because we're not a city. Yeah, you're probably not going to get a speeding ticket for as long as you live. You, you no, just, they'll, they'll, we got to keep the taxes paid. I, they'll, they'll still get me for speeding. Does your license plate say Buna's favorite son? I, on it, it? There's not enough letters. There's not. <laughs> I got to figure out some sort of abbreviation. BFS. <laughs> I mean, just look at, we'll figure. There's got to be some, you know something I can figure out there. Uh, well, but. ladies and gentlemen of the Matthew S. Podcast, it is my esteemed honor and privilege to reintroduce to you today's guest he's not just micah tyler he's buna texas favorite son you know here's the deal i don't i don't want to just lead with that because i don't i don't want to make people uncomfortable i want you to treat me the same way well hey i can understand why you're buna's favorite son because you're one of my favorite people that i've gotten to meet over the years and like getting to write songs with you getting to uh, hear more of your story you're one of my favorite singers too um for those who a lot of people who listen to the podcast attended our virtual concert, yeah, uh, which was so West fun. Friends Fest. Yeah. You came on that I did. and sang uh, Walking Free and, uh, wait, what what all did we sing together? We did, we did your song. We did uh, Hello, My Name Hello, My Name is. is, yep. Is that why you didn't move to Nashville? You got yep. a record deal and then, or you just felt like Buna was well, home? Well, it was a mixture of things. So I was living in a single wide mobile home trailer that we had put on like somebody else's land. 
when I signed Wait, my record what's deal. what's a single? I know what a double wide is. To cut that in half. No. <laughs> That's a single wide, yeah. So I was a youth pastor for 10 years, or nine years. I ran out of high school, became a youth pastor at 18, felt the calling to do that. Yeah, see, okay, um, now you're going to the right. I'm skipping all these places. No, no, no. Well, I'm giving you the you aerial You do the view. interview. Well, I, <laughs> you're better than I'm just. Me. I'm trying to get you into the mobile home. That's so, what I want to know. Okay, yeah. so you're, youth pastor, mobile home, felt, that's felt, already making sense for yeah, me. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Salary-wise. That's right. Crime is not the only thing that doesn't pay. There's also youth <laughs> ministry. Right. When I was in high school, I felt I felt a calling to step into ministry, and I had a youth pastor who made a profound impact impact of my life named Kyle. And so that's what I want. I felt like I was called to do. And so yeah. right out of high school, my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, her grandfather was the chairman of the deacons at a little church in Buna, uh, where they invited me to come and interview to be the youth director, which is like basically babysitting. Like they only had seven kids in the youth group. And so they're like, Can you? And they're like these kids are like one year younger than me. <laughs> they're like, I'm, right. I'm 18. They're like, they're, I just graduated from high school. So I became a youth pastor and did youth ministry for nine years and loved it, man. Like, honestly loved it. Um, when I was 20, I bought a guitar, hoping that one of the kids in the youth group would learn to play it so they could lead worship for the youth group, and none of them would. And so I was like, well, gosh, I spent some of my pizza budget on this. I should probably learn how to play it. So, so you didn't start learning guitar until 20 years old? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't start, I didn't start playing. because I just went out, And then I started, like, leading worship for the group, and then I was, like, writing songs for some of my sermons and stuff. And you know, and just did that. And then I started playing like youth camps locally and like buddies would call me because they, they would call me and they would say, hey, can you come in and uh, do this event for us? Because like we can't afford to bring in like a real band. And I was like, oh, so, yeah. you've, so you've come to the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a real <laughs> band here. So I'd go in and, and, and play their events. And so when I was 27, we just kind of felt like God was radically calling us to step out and follow him into music full time. It's not because we had a record deal or a tour bus picking us up. It was just we wanted to be faithful. And so we ended up selling over half what we owned, bought this little mobile home, put it on some borrowed land. I was driving a sausage delivery truck. I was an elementary school substitute teacher. I mowed grass on the weekends and I played a little music. And uh, five years later, signed my first record deal. And so we were still living in the trailer. That's when we moved from the trailer into the house we're in right now. Really? Yeah, a year and a half ago, we sold the mobile home. So you were having radio hits and living in a single wide. Dude, so my favorite story to tell people was, so never been a moment went to Christian radio, and I was on tour. Never been a moment. There it is. I was not here. <laughs> I love sure, Make sure to report that. Did I sing the wrong word? That was it. You nailed it. Sing, it. sing me a little bit. Never been a moment. Mm-hmm. I was not held inside your arms. Never been a day when. Day when. That's yeah. We're not who you say you are. Wait, was that your first single? First single. So, Man, had, your first single was a big song. It surprised us for sure. It was, And that was a song that I wrote, talked about God's faithfulness because yeah. of living in trailers and being a youth pastor. Like that was, and I wrote that with Jeff Pardo, who we wrote with today. First song I wrote as a signed artist was Never Been a Moment. So we had, we put that song out to Christian Radio, and I was on tour with Phil Wickham. We were still so poor we're so broke because signing a record deal does not mean that someone hands you a wad of cash and now you're you're making it right it's like now it's like the, the work gets harder because now you have to actually go and like and you're arguably more in debt because oh, you know 100%. now you've got a record label there's expectations their money on, on the us. line yes yeah. and so like and, and we weren't like making money off that so i went on this tour and uh, i could not afford to fly home in between dates so i was s- s- living on the bus <laughs> so like we were in california we played three or four shows in a row, and it was like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I would just live on the bus. Yeah. So I was out there, couldn't afford to fly home. Well, they didn't know that I was going to – I told them I was going to stay on the bus. They forgot when they left. They uncranked the bus. They turned it off. So I woke up sweating on this bus, and everybody was gone. Degrees, yeah. And I was too embarrassed to call and ask somebody how to turn the air conditioner on this bus. Uh, I wouldn't be a bother, so I just kind of like, oh, it's cool. Then I started looking at my phone, and it was blowing up. People were going like, oh, my gosh, you did it. You made it. This is incredible. Oh, my gosh. 
And I just found out that Never Been a Moment had gone top 20. It was the number 20 song in the country. And I was like, oh, well, this is amazing. So I get a call from the record label. I get a call from management. I get a call from booking. They're like, we're so proud of you. You made it. You did it. This is incredible. I'm going like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. And then my wife calls me and I'm going like, how did she find this out before I told her? This is amazing. I said, hello. And she goes, hey, what are you doing right now? And I was like, oh, well, I was just about to just to, I guess you've heard the Take good news. Good and news. she said, yeah. uh, no, you can't do anything right now. OK, because we only have 87 cents. Oh. And I said, wait, 87 cents where? She said, in our bank account. That's how the money we had. 87, 87 cents. cents. And so. I ended up saying, oh, okay, okay, got it. And so I got off the phone with her, and I'm like, well, I need to get something to eat for the next couple of days. So I walked down the street about half a mile to a food line, bought ham, cheese, and bread with some merch money that I had in my pocket. had like 40 bucks on me. Bought that, went back, and I ate ham and cheese sandwiches in the dark on this bus, sweating with 87 cents. And all I could think of was like, I made it. You made it? <laughs> but oh that, was, that, was our, that was, that was you know, five years ago. Here's the deal, man. It was, it was hard. It was, yeah. a, it was a hard season for us. But at the same time, man, God's been just, it was an opportunity for us to also learn how to trust Jesus more. Yeah. And we did. And like that song, Never Been a Moment, has become a truer song yeah. because of those moments it really where it could have been really hard. for your we, story. We honestly believe every single word of it. We believe the songs. That's why it's very important, you know, you and I write together. I always tell you, like, man, I, I, I got to make sure these are things that I would say because I know that those songs are going to come back 100%. to be part of my life later. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I mean them when I'm writing them on, yeah, on the thing. You've been so awesome to be able to to work with and really seek out biblical truth, but also like truth of like what's around us and what we're walking through right now. And so it's been a, yeah, but never been a moment. Well, I, I'll never forget that. That was a, that a real moment. And yeah. so when people hear that song now, they can go, okay, like this guy has lived that, that total and complete reliance on God's faithfulness and God's yeah. provision. And I think it's, it's important for all of us to hear that. Like, you know, stepping out in faith, like it's no joke and it's not promised to be easy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you might have a promise that God's going to park the sea in front of you, but yeah. when you can't see those waters, those waves like splitting yet, like taking those steps is going to be difficult. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for you to feel called into music and knowing the sacrifice that it was going to take, like, you know, well, that's, that's real stuff. And well, and some of it, we didn't know the sacrifice it was going to take. <laughs> like it was like, and I think yeah, that's so helpful some of too. It, you almost had blinders on. It, it really like, is. It's like, Hey, you don't know what you don't know. Cause the thing is God did not say, all right, here is the next 50 years of being a musician for you. It's like, we felt like that being faithful on that day was important. And even right now, like I got a tour coming up next month with Mercy Me that I'm pumped about and, and we're trying to plan for the future and we're writing songs that may be on a record one day and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I cannot be faithful to things that are a month away. I can only be faithful today. Like today's the only day I have. So today, faithfulness was sitting here with you guys and trying to seek out the Lord with these songs yeah. and, and trying to, to, to just be present and trying to be available to what the Lord called us to. Because somebody told me this when I first stepped out to do this, like we will never stand before God one day and him say, well done, that good and successful CCM artist. <laughs> It's faithful Wait, servant. Wait, he's not going to say that? I, I don't know about you. Oh, man. Oh, wouldn't it be nice? Uh, no, but it's, no, you're it's right, faithful man. servant. And that that's means he's not going to say, well done, that good and successful teacher. Well done, that right. good and successful it's plant faithful, worker or whatever. Successful. It's faithful servant for all of us. Yeah. So it's us being faithful to the things that are in front of us. And so Not to mention like the the deeper depths of conversation we could go to go, you know, what is the definition of success anyways? Like how jacked up we get it in our lives. Absolutely. You know, versus, you know, it's the last shall be first. Absolutely. You know? But I think, too, like, I always feel like in every conversation, it feels like it's impossible to have a conversation with anybody without, like, talking about 
the pandemic on some level, but yeah. I do feel like what you're talking about, like planning for today and just trying to be in the moment more often. Yeah. I definitely think that's something that we've walked away with that understanding because like you said, like you're planning a tour, you're planning this, that, and the other. We've seen things like taken blow away. up like crazy <laughs> and taken away from us. And we're learning just to kind of rest in, in every single moment and then rely on God in every single moment. What I'm curious about is, okay, so you talk about like you're young, you're in youth ministry, you kind of by default pick up a guitar, you know, all this stuff's kind of happening, but like what even got you to a point where you were sought after as a youth leader obviously like and what i mean by that is like tell me about how you came to jesus did you go in a grow up in a christian home i did okay my mom was uh baptist dad's catholic so i was catholic till i was about 10 wait what you're what i was catholic a little, little bit i went to ccd training like catechism training on yeah. wednesday nights and then sunday school on sunday a little confusing but what i learned from a young age is that <laughs> loving jesus is like the core of faith it's not denomination. It's not. It, it's the core of faith is just loving Jesus and wanting to know Him more. And I saw that my parents, in two very different like you know church settings, as far as like when to kneel, when to stand, and then Baptist church being like clap your hands, raise your hands kind of thing. Yeah. So it was it was very interesting seeing that. But ten years old, went to a vacation Bible school and uh, at Central Baptist Church in Buna, Texas, and uh, heard the the message of salvation, of how we needed a Savior and what Jesus did for us on the cross. I'd heard it at my house before, but that was the moment that the Holy Spirit really yeah. just moved in my heart. And so B.J. Albritton, sweet lady who's going to be with the Lord, I sat down with her and filled up my little card in the front row. At 10 years old. At 10 years old. Vacation Bible School. Vacation Bible School. And so uh, at a young age, got to know faith. And then at that point, my dad was super gracious. And this just it makes me respect him so much. He knew that like he wanted us to be grounded. And if God had moved in my life at my mom's church, she he wanted me to. So we would still go to holidays with him and that kind of thing. But like, that was the point where it's kind of like, all right, we're just going to, we're going to be members here at this church. We're going to baptize inside okay. this church. And so my brother kind of followed suit behind me. He was younger than me. And so we kind of did the same thing. So grew up at this little. That's little, awesome. I always love to ask every guest. I always say, what's your blue couch story? Because, you know, we talk about that on the show a yeah. lot. And, you know, I asked Jesus into my heart watching a Billy Graham crusade on a blue couch. Yeah. And so I always talk about that. And I love asking every guest because everybody's answer is different. And mine was a red pew with red carpets. There you go. Your red <laughs> Central pew story. Baptist, that's it. My red pew story. So your mom and dad never wound up going to the same church. No, dad is still, my, I, in fact, I'm helping my dad right now. He's running a, they're doing this thing called an axe retreat. It's like this really neat thing that the, the Catholic church has really started doing over like the past. Axe like, throwing or? It, that would be, or axe body spray. Oh, uh, it's about no. It's, it's <laughs> I can't remember. What it stands for something, but it's basically like a, a walk to a May. It's like a little weekend retreat oh. kind of thing, and so it's called the Axe A T C A Okay A C T S. Because you in Texas, I'm thinking of like they're throwing axes. At that's trees just for fun. That's okay. not. A, that's All not right. a. You don't have to be invited chasing, to that. Chasing wild hogs. Yeah, it's just you gotta get dinner. Um, <laughs> and so, but no, he does this axe retreat, and so he's like heading up this like it's like this little Catholic revival kind of a weekend thing for guys to come to. So is he? So he's more, like the director. He's more of a Matt Marr fan than a Mike. Like a Tyler fan then? Or? He's never told me that, <laughs> but, but also down, Matt Marr doesn't you know? come to Christmas. So it's like, <laughs> I guess it would get more awkward if, if we did. I think same, we've never been in the same room with my yeah. dad before. So I, I, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. How proud are your parents of you? My parents are the best. Like they really just are. And they've, they've, and then that's the thing. Like it does not make sense. People, when I grew up, I remember being in third grade and we had to write three things that you wanted to be when you grew up. And I remember at a young age, Writing, I wanted to work for ESPN as a broadcaster. Nice. I wanted to be a comedian. Nice. Um, or I wanted to be a singer. And then I remember I erased it because I remember thinking how silly that was. 
because nobody from Buna can be a singer. You can't be a singer for a living. And I remember being in third grade, and I already having that reality. Did people tell you that, or is that just something you just— In Buna, you basically graduate from high school, and either you go get a job at a plant right out of high school, or you go to college for four years so you can get a better job at a plant after that. Really? Like, that's what it is. I mean, as a, as a man, that's the, I would say most of the people—like, my dad has worked at the same paper mill for 40 years. I got a cousin who works there, an uncle who works there. Like, that's just kind of like what you go and do. And so— yeah. and then no, so no one in my family— I'm a first-generation musician, first-generation minister. Like, no one else has been in ministry or anything like that. Paving new roads like crazy. Yeah, it kind of felt like we were just, like, running out into the wilderness a little bit more. But, yeah. But the thing is, they really had every reservation that that a parent could have for their kid, like, going, man— because they, if I don't know what I'm doing, they sure don't know what they're like, what I'm doing, and like all that kind of stuff. But man, they just could not have been more like they were still supportive. They wanted just they, were they, scared, they but just supportive. They just kept telling me to trust Jesus, and they just wanted to help us every step of the way wow. and do what they could. And so it, you know, just they're just the best. So how did you wind up eventually catching the eye and the ears of record label in Nashville? Like what? So I went and I made a little CD in Nashville, a little demo. I went to a demo studio, spent $4,000, got eight songs out of it. So I'll tell you like quality wise. So I got those and then I brought them back to our local radio station in Beaumont. And and the thing is, I, I honestly, I did not want him to play any songs on the radio. I just had no one else that knew enough about Christian music to tell me if my music was, was good, good or bad. Because my parents told me it was good, but they liked everything I did. I made bad finger paints that I know that they say were yeah. good that were not good. All the guys at the paper mill love it. Oh, they love it, yeah. So I'm going like, I, I got to figure out. So I called Jeff Roberts uh, at 88.1 in Beaumont, and I just said, uh, hey, Jeff, listen, he's from Buena. I said, hey, man, listen, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to give you one of my CDs, and if you will listen to it and just tell me if you like it or not. I thought I had to seal the deal. So I was like, I said, I'll take you to Chili's. Oh, dude. <laughs> like, I knew it. I just slam dunk. And he, he did it. So he yeah. went with some music. And I remember him telling me. He Don't goes, sleep uh, on Chili's. Man. Oh, no. Listen, it's the place where business happens. <laughs> and so he told me, he said, uh, he listened to the, the record and he started telling me about it. And he goes, I like this song. I like that. He said, and this song sounds good on the radio. And I was Ooh. like, yeah. I said, do you think it will? He goes, what are you talking about? I've been playing it all weekend long. What he didn't realize was is that the signal stopped for Bo- it was in, the stations in Beaumont Before it got didn't to make your it all the way to Buna. It had made it to Silsby, so, so I had to drive to a Walmart parking lot. Realizing. No, I didn't know. It's like you know, it made it out this little fifteen mile band. Well, Buna's like thirty miles away, so I had like I had to drive to Silsby Walmart to hear my music on the radio, which is fun. That's amazing. Um, but from there, it, I kind of became known as the local opener. And so, like, whenever Building Four Twenty Nine would do a show in Vider, they needed right. one person to open. You're the guy. I'm the only guy that's on the radio in in Southeast Texas. So, so you open for all these Christian artists when I, they came to town? Yeah, I opened for like probably four or five, but one of them was Phil Wickham. So Phil, I opened up for Phil and it went it went really well. He was so, so nice to me. He came to me afterwards. He he's invited nice. me back to his hotel. No offense, but he's nice to everybody. Well, well, he's the nicest dude ever. Okay, well. But but well, I'm sure he was extra nice to you. Yeah. Did, did, did he get, like, yeah. He was no, just, he never invited me to hang out with him. He, he did. At, at the Holodome. We, it, but, it actually, it was, it was a different, but it was a hotel. We hung out for a while. He's so nice. And he yeah. said, hey, would love for you to come open for me another time. We'd like to have you come back and do something else. I was like, well, that'd be amazing. Nine months later, I get a call from his road manager, Brandon. He just says, hey, do you want to open up for Phil in Tyler, Texas? Now, Tyler's three three hours from me. Yeah, or and the home of the oil palace. There it is. No one knows who I am in Tyler, Texas. I'm only, I'm super regional. I've got like a 30-mile radius of people who know who I am. That's it. And any youth <laughs> camp I've played along the way. But Tyler does not know who I am. And so they were like, you want to come play in Tyler? And I was like, oh, that'd be amazing. Yes. That'd be great. So I show up, and the short version of the story is I get there. 
I think and I've they, heard this. They yes. said, they said, hey, Phil's plane um, is actually delayed. And so he had a flight from Pittsburgh to Chicago, Chicago to Dallas, Dallas to Tyler. With a flight from Pittsburgh, got canceled, and then he had to get on another flight to Chicago, and then that flight got canceled. So he didn't make it. Was it was the whole thing. So I found out 15 minutes. They kept telling me his, his flight was delayed. He's going to be here a little bit late. You think you can add like 10 minutes or like five minutes or like two minutes or like maybe add a song? So I, already had, I was supposed to play like 15 minutes. And it ended up turning into like, can you play for 35? And I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is the time where I'm going like, yeah. I got to play every song I've ever written. And so the, I found out 15 minutes before the show started that Phil's playing could not land in Dallas. It had to land in Oklahoma City. And you were the only was, singer for the night. Well, they had another band out of Dallas that was going to play. And they wow. said, you guys, if you don't want to play, you don't have to, but it would really help us out. So I got I got introduced that night in front of a sold-out crowd. They had sold out like 48 hours after the tickets went up. People were chanting, Phil, 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 when I walked out on stage with the local uh, MC, And he walks out and he goes, hey, we're so glad you're here. Gives a whole spill. Starts, and he's like stalling. I'm going Bro, you don't have to do this. Like, he's not coming. But he's, like, just telling, like, hey, we're, we're thinking about having a cookie drive next year, so be looking out for the cookie drive. Uh, if, if you guys have any ideas that we could do something else, you just, yeah. just tell us. Just, just wasting time. <laughs> and finally he goes, but, hey, listen, I got one more thing to tell you. Phil Wickham's not coming tonight, but here is the Michael Taylor Band. And he walked off stage, and I was by myself. So he drops that bomb. That's just And people were literally going, what? They're still trying to process. They're sh in shock. And I he walk gets your name wrong. You have to walk out and save the day. And so all I could say was, I said, uh, three things. Number one, uh, my name's not Michael Taylor. It's Micah Tyler. Uh, oh, that's number two, I'm not a band. I'm all by myself. I'm so sorry. Uh, and number three, I literally just decided to start a, a cover band called Will Fickham, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> They started laughing. They and I'm got going the like, joke. They got the joke. And I was like, I think the Lord's here. Bro, I'm just telling you, I <laughs> I played everything I could think of. I told stories. We laughed. We cried. I sang worship. I did. I, I just was like, people ask me, did you sing Phil Wickham songs? I'm like, well, the only thing worse than Phil Wickham not being there is me, me singing sing, all yeah. his songs. So I'm just singing everything I knew. And uh, You just and landed on your feet. You showed I, up. and you, I just, yeah. I, I was faithful. Yeah, you like were that, faithful. Like that was it. Because all I could think of was I prayed and I was like, Lord, I don't want to do this. And I was just reminded that my job is not to be successful. My job is to be faithful. So these people... People drove from Mississippi to be there. Like, all these crazy people driving from all over the place to be there. And I just had to go out there and do it. So I just got there, did my best. The Lord showed up. It was super sweet. It was mm. one of my favorite nights. And then the next day I get a call just saying, like, what did you do last night from Phil's team? And I was like, I don't know. I just did my best. They said, well, we want to do more things with you. I ended up going on a Christmas tour with them. And That's now, amazing. So Phil ended up introducing me to his manager who became my manager. That's Phil right. Introduced record, me to label. record label. Record label. Booking. So, so all, that's how it all so happened. So that's how it all happened. My friends, I'm about to tell you something that kind of hits different today. And the reason is because the management company I started, Storyhouse Collective, has just lost one of our valuable team members. I mean, she's not gone from this earth. She just moved on to another job. And it cuts like a knife in the words of Brian Adams. And that's why telling you about Indeed hits on a different level for me right now. If only it was possible to get a list of great candidates the moment you post a job online. Well, it is with Indeed Instant Match. The moment you post a sponsored job, you get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. 
So don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed Instant Match immediately delivers quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. You even can invite them to apply right away. And according to Indeed data, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in the search alone. Plus, with Instant Match, Indeed data shows 90% of employers get quality candidates from Indeed's resume database as soon as they sponsor a job post, according to Indeed data, that is. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join more than three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent first. Here's what you need to do. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. Again, get $75 credit at Indeed.com slash West. That's Indeed.com slash West. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. My friends, your online checking account should not cost you money. All right. That's why Chime, which is an award-winning app and debit card, has no overdraft fees, no foreign transaction fees, monthly service fees, or transfer fees. None of that stuff. They've got over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at locations like Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, and more. They've got more locations than the top three national banks combined. You can also send money to anyone, even if they're not on Chime. No fees for you and no cash-out fees for them. Doesn't that sound good? Listen, it's time to say goodbye to hidden fees. Join the millions of Americans already loving Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started today at Chime.com slash West. That's Chime.com slash West. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply except at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. And now you're how many records into your career? We released the second record. Uh, your second a, record? I as feel a like signed you've... artist, yeah. I got some Gosh. indie stuff from back in the day, but yeah, we've had two. And so we, we released the, the, the last record during the pandemic, which I describe yeah, you as- you me both. I, I describe that as throwing confetti in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm <laughs> celebrating, but where's everybody else? Uh, but yeah, we released that one. So yeah, we've had I mean, we've had six, six we're on our sixth single right now. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 one that like the records have lasted a long time out there. But yeah, we, we just released the second one, which is the reason we're writing today is because we need a new Working record on out. your next so, record. Yeah. So uh, what's your favorite song that you've recorded that was never like a radio single? I'm just curious. I got a song that I wrote 10 years ago. Uh, is it on one of your records? It's it's actually on, it's on an indie record and it's on the different record that came out in 2016, 2017. And this is like this just a near and dear like close it, to your heart. It is. Some... I play I still play it almost every show. Um it's a song called The Story I Tell mm. and it was based off of when I was a youth pastor, I was looking through and I would try to find like I was going to preach on something. I'd be like, I'm going to preach on the woman at the well. What was her name? I'd look through and kind of try to find it. And I was like, oh, her name's not mentioned. That's weird. And then I'd be like, oh, I want to preach on the blind guy who Jesus healed. Yeah, what was, his, what name? was his name? I couldn't. So then I started counting and I found out there's 27 times 
that someone's story is told about their life-changing encounter with Jesus, and we never learn their names. And we still call them by all the things they used to be. And I started thinking like, man, there's people out here right now that I know them as the homeless person on the street or the kid who needs food over in Africa or whatever. I know their stories, but I never learned their names. And if I cared about their stories enough, I'd want to go a little deeper. So that I wrote that song called Story I Tell about like, hey, nobody knew the hope that I had. I had no idea there was a better way. But the unbelievable thing about the story I tell um, is that you don't know my name, but he did. Like he, Jesus, it changed my life. And wow. so that, that's a song that I still, I, I pull that cool. one out. Because it's a great ministry moment. It's great for me to be able to point. Because there's people who walk into our shows all the time. We have our favorite, like personal favorite songs for different reasons, things yeah. like that. And and. You know, I know you and I are the same in this. Like, you don't put a song on your record unless you love it. Yeah. Right. I mean, sure. life's too short. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I've done like nine records, but like, if each record has like 11 songs on it, like, that's not even a hundred songs that are that, you know, and I've written way more than that. Yeah. But it's like, man, that's precious. Every song on a record is Very precious important. real estate. Every time. You know? Yeah. And you got to really believe in it. And yeah. Sometimes you don't think about that early enough in your career. That's why whenever I get a chance to write with a newer artist, you know, I always want to encourage them like, like, you better feel this song. Like, oh, yeah. Don't, I don't, this, this doesn't need to be my story. Like, this, you got to bleed this and yeah. feel this and, and own it and love it before you record. And if you don't love it, do not record it yeah. because life's too short. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. But what song, like, is there one song that comes, you know, out of the mouths of people, whether it's on social media or at a show where that just seems to rise up, you know, for throughout your career? Obviously, you keep putting out new songs. Yeah. You got a new radio single coming. But is there that one song where you're like, man, for whatever reason, or maybe it's more than one where they come and they're like, this is the song that God's really used in my life. Yeah, the most. difference the one that most people I wondered if that would be the one. Yeah, that and it's weird because that's the one that, like, if you look at it, is, it goes back to like successful over faithful here. Success wise, different was the worst charting song that I've had. Like, it was a you know, really, it was, yeah, it was a top ten song, but I it, it was like out, a number one. Now it like topped out at number six on the main charts. Like it went on number one, like some other little chart to the side, but like all in the main charts, like it really didn't chart as well as like all the other songs did. Um, like even then. Yeah, even then charted higher than different did. Okay. And then Never a Moment, Amen. Yeah. Uh, and then Feels Like Joy the Christmas song did. Uh New Today didn't as well. But different was the one. But it's but it's a it's a gold single. Like it's one that like people, it's the most listened to song that I have. What's that like? Getting a I mean, in that Oh, that's listen, I'm just a gold Matthew, single. I mean, honestly, man, honestly, when we stepped out to do this, our goal was faithfulness. It, it was never like, I want to hang I a plaque have a on gold the wall. record, yeah. I want to be nominated for an award. I want to walk a red carpet. Yeah. I want to open up. It was just like, God, if you're calling us to this, we're scared to death. Yeah. But you have shown us how to be faithful as a youth pastor and faithful as a husband. And like, we've been, we've been faithful to the things that you've given us. And we're just, we just want to be faithful to the things that you put in front of us. And so all these things that have happened, all, all the, the tours and the songs like, on the radio and all that stuff. Does it just all feel like you didn't even have those as bucket list items? No, but that's what's scary too, is that once you start doing this for a while, I never want my heart to come alive because of those things. I want to be grateful for those things. I want to respect well those said. things. Because when a song goes, you know, number one, or when songs on the radio all over the place, more people are getting to hear the gospel because that's the ultimate win that we have. Yeah. But when I start like my day is shifted because I didn't get as many plays this week as what I thought I was going to, or we didn't have a good first week or whatever. Yeah. I got to start really thinking about my priorities because, yeah. you know, at the same time, this is, this is my livelihood. I've got to make sure that I'm trying to make excellent content that yeah. goes out and stuff. Yeah. 
but I can't hinge all of my success on how many radio stations are playing at the same time over how many lives may be hearing the true gospel that I'm able to reach out to, and we get to see people come to life because of it. So, I think um, that's one of the hardest things to maintain in any profession. You yeah. know, it's just we we tend to, you know, live and die by whether we feel like. You know, and I don't know if you're if you're anything like me, like there's just this voice in your head sometimes. It's just like, you know, you can never be successful enough, you know, or like you just feel like, oh, am I? You're always on the edge of feeling like you're a failure. And it's like, Lord, help me not to be owned by that. You know, the closer I am in my spiritual relationship with the Lord and the more firmly cemented my identity is found in him. Yeah. You know, then the less I'm being rocked back and forth by the circumstances, whether it be a song or any other thing going on in our lives. Well, you and, know? and the thing is, it's there are very few professions. I go back to my dad being a papermaker. My dad does not have a chart coming out every week that will tell him how many people enjoyed the paper he was making that week. Right. But I do. Right. I can go look at an iTunes chart to see how many people actually wanted to go out and purchase my music. I can go look at a Spotify yeah. playlist and see how many places I got added to. And it's to. like that. And you can go to that for that little hit of like... Uh, whatever dopamine yeah, rush or whatever sure. it's, it's like somebody posting something shocking on twitter right. and then trying to get likes it's like we, we talk about that right now as a phenomenon of yeah. just like people are it's like a drug for people yeah you know just that how many likes did i get on my instagram post? but it also i mean you can kill you i mean because the thing is if, if i got a son that's not doing well everybody can see that and i yeah. can talk myself into thinking that everyone cares as much as i do and it gets real dark and dirty and stuff like that but man at the end of the day Whenever this pandemic rolled around in 2020, one of the weird things for us was not, I, listen, it was very difficult. We made 10% of our income during right. the during the pandemic. We had to cancel a ton of things. We had people around us that got sick and, and were you in the hospital. You remember those days of 87, uh, 87 cents? 87 cents. And yeah. I remember in 2017, whenever that little trailer that we had got yeah. hit by Hurricane Harvey. And we had to replace four rooms in the house. And then six weeks after that, my younger brother Daniel was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Can I just tell you that like going through those things made when we walk into this next difficult thing, it doesn't feel like, oh, my gosh, another one for us. And this is just the truth, man. It was us going, OK, God, you taught us how to trust you in the midst of cancer and hurricanes and 87 cents and stepping out. Like when, when God calls you to sacrifice something, it's never for nothing. Mm. There's always something that God is carving out in you so he can fill those places up with, with truth. He can fill those places up with trust. He can fill those, like the promises of God have been able to be revealed to me as more true because of my difficult situations. Man. So when we go through difficult things, now I have something to rest back on. I've got steady, steady ground that I've stood on before that these promises have been for me. It has shaped the way that we walk through pain. And I got, listen, it was hard whenever the I The way made, that we walk through pain. Yeah. It's something we need to remember for a song. I think we need to write about 87 cents, too. Dude. You got to write about that because <laughs> 87 cents in a single wide. Like, I mean, I listen. The, the humble beginnings. That's a country song, right? Well, I mean, shoot. <laughs> it could be a country song oh. because, you know, a lesser man would be in a situation like that and <clears throat> he'd be driven to drink. But. You stepped out in faithfulness and said, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Lord, and I'm going to use pig. Yeah, and you yeah. bought a guinea pig. <laughs> you killed a guinea pig. I, I did, hey, listen, I'm not you. I'm not taking all the rollout back. Uh, no, no but that's awesome. That's I tell young musicians all the time. I'm like, hey, look, man, 
Don't get wrapped up in, in trying to be successful because that's going to fail you at some point. But if you can learn how to be faithful, if you can learn how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul, your body, your writing, your songs, your everything, then like that is something that you're going to be able to carry into every stage of your life. Yeah. And you'll always feel successful because you'll be you'll always see fruit. You know, from being faithful to what God's calling you to do, you will never not see fruit. Like there will be, because you'll see God show up and you'll realize what it's all for. It's funny, I was talking to this new artist the other day at a show. He was like one of the opening artists for the day. Yeah. And I wanted to meet him, just say hi. And he told me he had come into the that city and spent the entire week leading up to it, like visiting recovery centers and singing for them and I was like and it was just like reminding me of like the beginning of a career before you get sent to like eight cities in a week and so then all the people who came to see him that day he had sung at their recovery centers and things like that and I was like you know that's being faithful that's That's like not worrying that's not going hey I don't care if I'm not the headliner tonight I'm going and and I think we talked about this you know in conversations about I think we were talking about like you know, talking about your best show and your worst show and how people might be surprised by our answers. Yeah. Like the best shows are not always the ones that we think will be the best where it's like the, you know, definition of the pinnacle of an artist's career, right. thousands of people. Yeah. You and I would probably both have answers and maybe you can come back again another time and we'll dive For into sure. that. But yeah. like best show doesn't always equal, you know, the best lights or the biggest crowd. No, right? it's just the most special moment that you like. Can you talk about one of those real quick? What would be one of those shows that people might be surprised you would say is one of the best? Well, okay, the Phil Wickham show, honestly, that will go down as one of the top top five best nights of my life. Yeah, well, you weren't even supposed to be the dude. No, (laughs) like I went in the hallway, though, and like at the same time, I went in the hallway and and like I I never had like a real merch line before. And there was this long line of people. I'm going, what do I even do here? So I'm saying hello and I'm signing. I've got like two T-shirts and a CD out there. And I'm like, I'm selling them. I'm just selling them. I'm going, what? Like I'm working my own table and I'm like signing stuff. And this girl walks up and she goes, uh, oh, my gosh, I loved what you did tonight. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. She goes, it's my birthday today. And I was like, oh, my gosh, do you want you want a CD? She goes, uh, oh, thank you. And I gave her a CD. I said, and I, was, I said, you mean sign up for you? Yeah. I said, where are you from? She said, Mississippi. We drove 14 hours here to see Phil. And it was I had to remember like, oh, you, and I just said, do you want a shirt? <laughs> like, can I give you like, free I was like, stuff? What like, else yeah, can I give yeah. you? I'm so sorry, but like, but that was that will definitely go down as one of the most because it That's was a, a night great where like example it, it was 500 people Methodist Church in Tyler, Texas. It wasn't all the lights, wasn't all the productions. I didn't have a song on the radio. No one in the room who knew who I was. But God showed but man, up. God was so kind that night. Yeah, and I I will always remember God's kindness in that room. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And we, you know, I was saying. You know, I sounded like an evangelist the other night at this Q&A where, and I'm sure somebody else has said this before, you know, but the idea of like, we focus so much on our abilities when God's looking for our availability, mm-hmm. our faithfulness. And you were available, you were faithful, you <laughs> said yes, and you continue to do that. And uh, God's using you in a big way. And if people haven't seen you in concert, I have to prep them that like, you're also one of the funniest dudes that I've hung out with. And you carry that humor into your shows live as well yeah. in a really great way. And you're a fantastic singer, like legit wow. bringing the soul. So you're going to start working on a new record soon. Mm-hmm. You're going on tour with Mercy Me, yeah. Lord willing. Lord willing. And Variants moving on, hopefully. And it's up to You have just released a brand new radio single. Yes. Which we had the honor of working on together. Yes. We okay. have a segment in... 
every episode called Songs from the Story yeah. House. And with you being, uh, you know, Buna's favorite son. Listen. And um, with you being the guest on the show, I figure you just dominate the whole episode. So <laughs> we're going to like shift right into the next segment, which is Songs from the Story House and play a little bit of of this song, Walking Free, that people are going to be hearing on the radio. But talk about what what made you write this song and where this comes from and what it means to you. So listen, to your credit, we were sitting in that room, me, you, and, 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 and our friend A.J. Pruce. Shout out to AJ. And we're sitting there and uh, you started playing this piano riff, the little dun, 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 dun. I was playing it. You played it. Uh, for real. You, you played and I'm it. I'm horrible piano. Player. Listen, not that for you the sure Lord wasn't was with AJ us. Playing I, that? You did have a dove on your shoulder. So I think the Lord was there. You if I, if I remember it correctly. Or was it <clears> the <throat> angel of coleslaw? <laughs> Let's, was it Coleslaw's angel? He was, he was, he was still alive I'll at the time. This, this, it was, and you know what? This, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're going to get a few emails on that one. Uh, but I just remember really resonant because it was you were the one that you said at first. You said walking, walking, walking free. And we started like, go. I think it was actually running free at first. And we got back to walking. We went back and forth. But what I loved that day. we had just eaten at a um, Chinese restaurant first walk. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? But it was walking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. we we started writing this song. But here's what I love about music. Here's what I love, dude. That was the most horrible dad joke I just told. I'm was, sorry, I blew it. Like, listen, if there's a 2021 walk. countdown of bad dad jokes, First. that needs to be in the upper echelon was it, for sure. Wait, what's the? Isn't there a walk restaurant? W O K? Like, no, yeah. There's we have a we have a hot walk in uh, Lumberton, Texas. <laughs> hot, walk, yeah. hot walk. It's great. You can get like all the food for yeah. like 50 bucks. Like, when it. you can feed a family of five. With leftovers for two days after that for fifty bucks, like that is just so maybe a restaurant like that will hear walking free, and even though it's a different spelling, walking. Yeah, they now might you, take now it you as know, a a Aerosmith opened up a uh, an Asian fusion restaurant. <gasps> Walk this way. <laughs> I, kidding, I knew you were going there. It's too easy. Uh, but here's what I love about the song is that that song was special that day. We wrote it. It meant something to us because at the end of the day, we're writing about scripture. We're, yeah. we're, we're trying to uphold the yeah. truth of the gospel. We can't say it better than the Bible. No. And if and here's the deal. If we write that, then it's always going to mean something. Yeah. Because it, the people it's may truth. not love the melody. It's they may truth. not love you know, whatever, my singing, whatever that is. But the truth of the gospel, no one can deny and argue with. So oh, that song came out. We've 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 had it. Is it went on the record a year and a half ago when the record came out. Yeah. And I've just been living with it and loving it. And when it was time to put the song out for the third single, I just thought I I went and did a, some work with a ministry over in North Carolina called Ground Forty. Yes. Who is one of the most impactful? It's got him. West runs this ministry, and he's been arrested eighty two times. On his 82nd time, he was a heroin addict, had run out on his family, like just, just a guy who you would just think is just hopeless and just there's no way for God to change him. And two chaplains walked in and told him, you keep running. But do you know that if you just stop, Jesus is right there. He's going to continue to chase you, but he's here right now and you don't have to run anymore. Gives his life to Jesus. Heroin addiction is gone. God has restored his entire life. And he is now running a ministry for the last six and a half years called Ground 40 that basically takes in men who struggle with addiction, with uh, incarceration, with homelessness. And they basically walk them through a 180 day program of showing them how to have a gospel lifestyle, like to be able to know Jesus well, to know that he's for you and with you, how you can overcome addiction. You can overcome all these things by by knowing Jesus, but also they teach him a trade while they're there. So they have a job to be able to go. When they get out, they play 
them in jobs and stuff. It's awesome. Setting them up. But I went and did a couple of events with them the last couple of years. And like these stories that I've heard are just, I mean, guys who are in prison gangs who went to a Bible study and God changed their life. And now they're out and just radical changes. It's like Paul kind of stuff, like Saul to Paul things. Which is what the song's about. Which is what the song's about. The verdict was guilty. (laughs) That was it. Case closed the end. And so whenever I remember like going, oh my gosh, I want to feature these stories. So it was going to turn into like a documentary just about Ground 40. And I was like, we have to have it. It's a music video still. Well, you put a documentary into a three-minute music video that everybody listening to this show has to go watch this music video right now. Where can they find the music video for Walking Free? It's on YouTube. I mean, you can type in Walking Free Micah Tyler and it pops up. It's on Facebook and stuff like that too. But but it tells the story of this ministry and it's power, you know, I mean. Just a few of the stories in there. My listeners on this show, they know how passionate I am about the power of a story. Yeah. When I saw your music video the night it premiered, like I called you, didn't you I? You did. And we wound up talking on the phone for quite a while because I was so moved by the video and it was so well done and yeah. so powerful because when the truth of, of God's word and the promise of a new beginning that he offers us, like that we put into that song, yeah. when that meets up with real stories of real life change, it's like, man, it just gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. So I got to encourage everybody listening to this right now to make some time today. Give yourself three minutes. Do yourself a favor. And don't just listen to the song Walking Free. We're going to play a little bit here yeah. in a moment. But go watch the music video as well. Yeah. And uh, where else can they find out? We're going to we're gonna post links to all yeah. the stuff on our podcast page at MatthewS.com slash podcast. So, so let me Spotify. I mean, I'm on all, yeah. all the social things at Michael Tyler Music. And then uh, fun fact. Could, we, we're actually posting the video of the song they're about to hear on the story house. It'll be posted on YouTube. And so people are going to be able to watch me and you singing this song yeah, together of our in the performance on YouTube. So plus, they can go and check that plus out. Plus you're about to, you're doing a series where you're going to be telling people stories yeah. of, of their walking free stories. So many good things. So I can't encourage you. Got to go follow Micah on socials. Find his videos on YouTube and, and watch this, especially this video for walking free because it moved me greatly and i'm so proud to be a small part of the story that you're telling to the world uh it's you know buford's beaufort's buna buna's favorite son listen (laughs) been called worse buna's favorite son uh (laughs) you know it, it just uh great things are ahead for you there's a few other things i wanted to say before we parted ways but I would say rest in peace, Coleslaw. For sure. Rip, Coleslaw. And, but hello, Winnie. Winnie's our new little puppy we have. And, so. hell, and welcome to Winnie. Welcome, Winnie. Man, I'm just so thankful that you'd take the time. After a long day of writing songs, right. you came to the story house. You told your story for the people of this podcast. And I love you, dude. I'm super dude. excited for what God's going to continue to do through your story, through your voice, through your music. Wow. Man, you're just the real deal. It means a lot, Matthew. And honestly, man, like you've been a guy who have been, has been kind to me since day one. Not well. not quoting the song or anything, but like you. Re- <laughs> but really, you you've been a guy who is who does not mind pouring into other artists, which which just means a whole lot. Because at the end of the day, I know there's charts. I know that there's different ways that would look like it's we're pitted against each other. But at the end of the day, we're trying to reach people with our stories to be able to share the gospel. Yeah, and that's so the, it, the, dude. the chance to do that just means a lot. So thanks for having me to come rooting, hang out. I'm rooting for you. Back at you, dude. All day long, and uh, let's work on finding a, a restaurant that will use walking free. I mean, listen, I just... I like Walk This Way. That was a good idea. I I do want to say I had an idea. If I had a salad restaurant, uh like a restaurant that focused on salads, I would call it Romaine Calm. Oh, that's... What do you think? That's really good. I thought about starting an anger management, but you do it at sea um, and call it Angers Away. (laughs) I thought that would be good. 
You know, if the and here's the deal: if the whole, if the walk and free doesn't work out with the Chinese restaurant, we can always go to a Mexican restaurant. We can call it uh, Guac and Free. Guac and Free. I can keep. You're gonna have to turn this off because I'll just keep going. <laughs> or we could do a deal with the farmers of America and yeah. call it stalking. Free. Oh, stalking like free. in corn season. That I feel like that would get into legal trouble. Yeah, because that may encourage some people to to like, or maybe teachers chase down celebrities. Uh, chalking like, oh, like, chalking free. Now I'm I'm way into that. That's yeah. got a lot of levels to it too. That's good. <laughs> we should have ended this uh, this interview <laughs> forty five minutes ago. <laughs> the the listeners are going, hey, you lost us at Cole. I, I don't know if there's <laughs> listeners here right now, but if you're here, congratulations. Oh, hey, uh, he's Micah Tyler, and this is his latest radio single and you're going to get to listen to a little bit of it now but just enough to make you thirsty to go and stream it and watch the music video Micah you're awesome thanks Dave and keep up the great work come on the verdict was guilty case closed the end no chance for me to ever leave this prison of my sin now I know it might sound crazy but one day a key unlocked that cell I heard a small voice say your debt's been paid by somebody else And now I'm walking, walking, walking free No more darkness, guilt and lost its grip on me When mercy called my name, those chains fell at my feet And now I'm walking, walking, walking free Now I ain't nothing perfect. No. I still stumble every single day. He's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this final segment of today's show is called, you know what it's called, play the theme music. It's called Dad Vice. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me every week, and I know the people love the encouragement that you send them out with today. I, that's why I like this as the final segment of the show. Uh, you point to scripture. Now, we just had a blast with Micah Tyler. We just uh, featured a song that we wrote together called Walk and Free, and we've been continuing on our series in these dad advice segments about what if, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, let's talk about what it looks like to walk in Jesus' steps. We will, and this is a great subject. Two key verses, First Peter 2.21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Uh, we're going to talk about what it is to walk in Jesus' steps, and there's several ways, but today we're going to zero in in particular uh, about following Jesus' example in prayer. Jesus never taught without giving us a visual, many times setting an example for us to follow. Many of the scriptures about Jesus being refreshed, renewed, and rested included prayer. Three quick things. Jesus prayed at all times. Jesus set an example to pray anytime. Mm. Mark 135, early in the morning, uh, Matthew, evening, Luke 612, all night long. Jesus prayed at all times. Secondly, Jesus got away. Many times Jesus withdrew from the people to pray and be renewed. Yeah. He withdrew from others in the demands and prioritized prayer and renewal over the pressure to perform. We can pray like Jesus prayed, 
find a place alone, find a place anywhere. That's good. He went to the wilderness. He prayed in a garden. He prayed on the seashore. He prayed in the mountains. He prayed in a secluded place. I like this quote by Allie Worthington. We all need to break busy before busy breaks us. And I thought that was pretty powerful. Jesus prayed at all times. Jesus got away. And Mother Teresa said, we need silence to be alone with God, to speak to him and to listen to him, to ponder his words deep in our hearts. We need to be alone with God in silence to be renewed and transformed. Since Silence gives us a new outlook on life. In it, we are filled with the energy of God himself that makes us do all things with joy. And then lastly, results of following Jesus' example. There, Things happen when we follow Jesus' example in, in seeking him and in praying. Luke 5, 16 and 17. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Then after this... People with afflictions came to him, and verse 17 says, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. When Jesus prayed, power followed. I like what David Jeremiah said. Jesus often withdrew from the crowds to get alone with his father. He never sacrificed his discipline to meet the never-ending demands of ministry, and it resulted in extraordinary power. If Jesus needed times of solitude and prayer, how much more do his followers? When we follow Jesus' example and pray, power follows. Prayers are answered. There's power. There's miracles. There's transformation. And today, may we follow Follow Jesus' example in prayer. Walking free, that is so good, and walking in prayer and following Jesus' example. Too many times I feel like the disciples, when Jesus went to pray in the garden and he comes back and the disciples fell asleep. Right. And, uh, yes. you know, the Bible's continually encouraging us through Jesus' example, but also in scripture, just saying to pray continually. Right. Yes. And uh, yes. it seems like, how do I do that? You know, but when you realize that Jesus is walking with you day in and day out, then you're more like when we're together, we're more likely to talk to each other. When you realize that you're together with Jesus today, you could talk to him. Yes. You call on him wherever you are today. Maybe uh, hopefully that's a good reminder for anybody listening to this right now. Just even as you're listening to this podcast, talk to Jesus, say thank you for the fact that he's with you and uh, walk in his steps. And that's how you will walk free. Thanks, dad. Yes. That's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Micah Tyler. Be sure to go and listen to his latest record, New Today, not to be mistaken with my latest record, Brand New. All right, go listen to both of them, but mainly check out Micah Tyler's music today. Uh, his latest radio single, Walkin' Free, the music video, just like we talked about, it's epic. Go check out all those things. We're going to post links at the official podcast page, which is matthewwest.com slash podcast. And when you go to matthewwest.com, you can find out everything you need to know. You want to find out how to catch a show sometime this fall or through the holidays when we're on the road, go to matthewwest.com, click on the tour link. You want to buy some of the latest merch, go to matthewwest.com, click on the merch link. Most importantly, do you want to find out more about our our ministry pop we you can go to matthewwest.com or you can go to the official website for our ministry that my dad and I have popwe.org popwe.org we've got a nationwide prayer network we would love to lift you up if you have a need if you need some support or some encouragement please go to popwe.org you can be 
deeply impacted by some powerful stories that are being shared at that website, and you can share your own story as well. And you can sign up to receive a free weekly devotional straight from us to you, all at popwe.org. All right, that's all I'm going to say for today, but remember the words of Micah's song, all right? Instead of walking wounded, you can be walking free. Make the most of the one shot you get. No regrets, no what ifs. It's your story for his glory. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.